Welcome back to another episode, guys. In this episode, we're actually going to be looking at a lesson I learned from my first job as a mortgage advisor. It's not my first job ever, obviously. I worked in a state agency. I was also an actor um, and singer and performer. And I was also, at one point, worked as a butcher and uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> so it's definitely not my first job, but it is my first job relevant, really, to the um, to what we're talking about here. And this is the a lesson that I learned during my time as a mortgage advisor at a company called Connell. Some of you will know it. That was the large corporate. And I want to unpack something that I discovered there. So we're going to do that. And we're going to do that right now. You're listening to the Mortgage Marketing Podcast with Ash Borland. The show that helps mortgage brokers create impact and income by mastering content marketing. Let's Let's dive dive straight straight into into it. it. So let's dive into it, like it says in the beginning. Um, so the lesson I learned in my first job. So just to give some context to this, so I worked, um, I was an estate agent under Connells. It was under Sequence. So people who know that will know what I'm on about. Um, and then I decided I wanted to be a mortgage advisor because, um, well, just because I wanted, I thought there's more money. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, there's more money in it. It was a higher skill set within the industry that I was in. I saw it as a progression. So I was like, I'm going to move across. Um, and I moved over to a brand under there known as Sharman Quinney. Some of the people who listen to this show um, are people who I worked with. They're wonderful people. Um, and it was, and I had a really good time there. I did enjoy it. Um, anyway, a lesson that I learned that was big for me was I moved over there and I had no experience in mortgages, you know, as we all do, as, as you would expect, I wouldn't, it wasn't just some sort of like wonderkin child that knew everything about mortgages. I didn't know anything. I knew a lot about property because I'd been the stage for many years for, for a number of years, not many years, but a number of years for me, it's like dog years because I obsess on something. So in like one year, I learned a lot <laughs> compared to the average person who's going and doing other things. I don't do anything else when I do something. So <clears throat> three, three and a half, four years as an estate agent, it was like, I was a very different, but if you think about this job, this job is three years full time and I'm already like, whoosh, so it's a similar thing. And uh, anyway, I, I didn't know anything really about mortgages, and but I was in a very interesting place because I worked in a town called Camborne and in Camborne, there was a, um, there was only two mortgage advisors. There was two estate, there was three estate agents and two mortgage advisors mainly. There was other people obviously that would be outside, but in the town itself, there were only two, which is very unique. That was incredibly unique. Now, what actually happened was of those two, they were both brands of Connells. So I was one of Sharman Quinney. They were actually Connells themselves. So they were both Connells brands, which was very strange because no other competitor which meant that anybody in the local area, anybody in the local area would have the, the Connells does this lifetime fee thing, which I could do a whole episode on why they're a bad idea. In fact, I will do an episode on why they're a bad idea. I need to write that down. Lifetime fees. Um, let's add those in here. These are all ones to talk about. I have like a list of things. I'm like, don't talk about, talk about this thing. We're going to add that one in because lifetime fees are a terrible idea. Um, time fees, but we'll talk about those bad idea. We'll talk about that maybe tomorrow. I probably won't remember to do it tomorrow, but we'll talk about it. Anyway, Connell's had this thing called a lifetime fee. You pay the fee, and then when you pay the fee, you have access to any Connell's advisor that you want to work within that, and you've paid it once. So I could technically win his business if I, even though they might have paid a lifetime fee, liked him, but if they liked me more, they would use me and they didn't have to pay me a fee, but they would they could just use me. So it's a very strange 
scenario. Now, the guy that worked there, I think it was a guy's name was called Andy, I think. I can't remember because it was a long time ago now. In my, a lot of things have happened since, but I think it was called Andy. Anyway, I think, he, well, the thing was, he was a very established mortgage advisor, done it for many years, many years in that branch, like 10 years, like long time. As And there's a Connell's advisor with all these lifetime fees, 10 years in, in one place where there's no other competitors apart from like a revolving door of advisors coming through the uh, the Camborne office in my office. He was very well respected and very well known. Um, Well, this is the story. He was the just the better of a bad bunch, so to speak. So that was a really interesting thing for me because I came up, my, my only objection handling very much so was what can I, you know, like my objection handling was like, it wasn't like this person's not charging a fee. So you see, it's a very different thing. It wasn't this person isn't charging a fee or this person's doing it free or this person says they can get different rates. We worked off the same panel we had the, because they, they like Connell's did like 15 lenders, they're panels. People will know this. If, most of you who listen to this, I'm sure, will come from some form of countrywide Connell's now, both the same background. So we had the same panel. We had the same, um, well, it's the same fees. We had everything. So the only thing, the only thing that mattered, the only thing that mattered that would be the deciding factor was me or him, our personalities. And our own visibility. And so the lesson I learned very much so was this lesson of visibility is more important than ability because this guy was way better than me, way better than me. But the more visible you could be and the more personable I could be, in other words, it's someone's perception of reality. I came across as an expert. I, and I, and this was a weird, I'm going to tell you, this is like to be honest, foundational to everything I do now. Like this is the, probably the genesis, the seed of, there's so many things I can trace back to when what I do now was, was, would have been this, but, but this was the moment where I realized that visibility and, and, um, perception is more important than actual ability itself. And don't get me wrong. When you combine the two, you're a potent mix. You're, when you combine the two of you are visible and you have the ability, which I am now in that phase, which is exciting then it's good. You're, 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 a, you're a force to be reckoned with. But if you're at the beginning, you can beat many competitors and not be that good, but just be more visible and have a perception of good. Similar, and we see this with people like Martin Lewis. It's the same thing with people like Martin Lewis, where Martin Lewis, we all might think he doesn't know this or whatever, but the public perception, his visibility and public perception of expertise is higher than yours or mine. And this is the thing that people misunderstand. And I learned this, it was like a crash course because I'm obsessed with this stuff. As I said, if I do something, I obsess on it. And so it became very clear to me, very clear. Like it's quite crazy when I think about where my weird brain works. I was like, I can beat this guy if, if people one think I know more and yeah, and literally, and, and this is amazing to see because I have my, this is amazing. I've just seen a comment come up and I'm so happy about this, which is Kerry McQuaid. Shout out to Kerry McQuaid, um, who is my old boss. I love Kerry. This is so good. This is, this is so true. Social media being so, is so powerful. Was literally saying this to my, to girls the other day. So Kerry is a great example of this. Kerry was my boss at Charmin Quinney. She'll get this story completely. Um, and now is like an absolute powerhouse. In fact, she is one of the local powerhouses where we live here. Um, so, and also Kerry, I'm loving your videos, but you'll get this. So you'll get this completely because it's the same thing. And so I quite quickly realized, 
And I was the unmanageable. I mean, I love Kerry, but bless her. She had the job of managing an unmanageable guy. Um, <laughs> um, so the thing that's quite funny with this is that you can, you can, and, and guys check out Kerry's stuff because it is good. Um, you, you can very much, um, she's laughing, she's putting claps in. I was very unmanageable. I am an unmanageable. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got me going now, but you can learn. One thing I can say this is you can very much, I learned very quickly that you could actually close deals. You could get someone's perception to think you were good straight away because the mistake, and actually there's actually a great example of this. I remember this with Kerry and then she might remember this might not. After my first, she had to sign off. Obviously she's my supervisor. So she had to sign me off. And I remember being terrified and I'm having, she coming in to do, to do my first sign off. And I remember her giving me advice actually saying like the customer doesn't know that you don't know. So to them, you are the expert. And that kind of resonated all the way through everything else. So I remember her saying it now kind of, I was okay then. I felt more calm. And you go, okay, it's true. And it's exactly the same thing with this visibility and social media presence. And I wasn't doing social media back then. We would not be allowed to do it then um, within corporate companies, but which is pro probably why I was kicked out afterwards. I'd not, not kicked out the second time. <laughs> but it was, uh, but that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But it is, um, you can be more successful than your experienced counterparts and your experienced competitors if you are willing to show the public. And I think that it was quite crazy how many people in the end, the 18 months I worked there, because everyone works there for 18 months to do their training contract. Um, <laughs> I'm being very truthful today. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, but the truth is, in those 18 months, I actually ended up getting quite a lot of his business because they thought I knew more. And the joke of that is I didn't. He absolutely would have known more about mortgages. He would have. It's impossible that he, it would be impossible to him to know more about mortgages than we did. And what was quite interesting, and it's amazing to have Kerry in the chat, is I learned that, but I think I learned that because there was a massive amount of people in the team, Sharman Quinney team at that time, and it was definitely not that afterwards. And I'm sorry to anyone who's watching this in Sharman Quinney now. When I came back the second time, it was a sham. But when I was there the first time, there's a concept of this idea of um, iron sharpens iron, which was there was a bunch of incredible advisors writing incredible amounts of business ethically as well. And um, Kerry was in that. that was, she was part of one of the people leading that. And there was you know, Kate Stratton and these incredible advisors out there. And I think what that showed me was, and all of them were beginners like all of them, they'd all just, they'd all maybe come from a banking background, but none of them had been advisors before. And they'd just come in and they all hit really quick. They all became the local go-to person. We're, we're pretty much a lot, a lot of them, not all, but the vast majority. They weren't, to be honest, they weren't allowed to be in there long enough. If, if you were, if you weren't writing that level of business, you were gone. Um, not, not officially, but you just couldn't keep up. You, it was the iron sharpens irons thing. You was, it, you would, you would be held to a higher standard. And a big part of that was this idea of don't, don't let your belief think that just because you're not, you're not an expert at it yet, doesn't mean the customer doesn't know that. And doesn't mean that the other person over the road doesn't still might not think, and actually they might be lazy. The vast majority of advisors who were, who were done it for a long time were lazy. And what's quite funny with that is I'm shouting Kerry up because she's in the chat and it's so relevant because it is literally her in this. Kerry, when she left and she went off, as we all do, and set up her own business, you know, she took over the the local area where we live as a very well, you know, very, very well, you know, she's put here going, my golden line, 
Uh, God, this is making me laugh. But she took over this local area because of that. It was because we, we'd been taught kind of in the fire of these advisors, like very much like forged in the fire of you've got to be good. You have got to be the best in your local area. You've got to be the expert. You've got to be seen as. And that stuff, that that kind of foundation of mortgages, for me, that was what, that lesson, the reason I'm saying this, the lesson was from there, it evolved into, once I left the corporate environment and moved into an independent firm, it was like, oh, okay, well, I can do that in social media. And social media was just building upon this concept that I'd, that I'd learned in my, in my first job as a mortgage advisor. And the reason why I say that is, and my episode takeaway for this is, I have now spoken to hundreds of advisors. I've spoken at events. I have spoken for five, 600 people on Zoom calls. I've done all of this stuff. It comes very clear to me that I was incredibly lucky to be in a very small group of very, very talented people at the time that it was. Because I went back to Connell's for a long, long story short, won't do into that, but went back for like a couple of months um, after a couple of years just to kind of see it. And it was a very different thing. But I, but you learn by being around great people and you learn by being around people who have that can-do attitude and not a cannot attitude. And I've spoken to so many advisors now that struggle with things that just seem trivial to, to me. And I think that the biggest lesson I can take away from that is do not think that you are not good enough. You absolutely are. You're good enough to be the expert. And the moment that you, it's a bit like sharks in the water, the moment that they smell blood and weakness, you will lose the client. and You'll lose them to some smug-faced kid like me at the time who would not pretend but would be like, I know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. And it's the charisma and the charm and all that stuff which can win people over. And you shouldn't be. Because actually, what's really the sad thing of that story is that Andy over the road if he'd actually spent some time potentially, and I'm not slagging off Andy, he's, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but if he'd spent some time to actually work on his charisma and work on his client relationships and realise that there was value in going above and beyond, he would have wiped the floor with me. He would have wiped the floor. In fact, he probably could have gone, that's wrong, that's wrong. There's probably so many things I did wrong, but he could have destroyed me. But instead, we, they, we get fat and lazy and we think, I've got 20 years of experience and that makes the difference. And it doesn't. It doesn't. You're only as good as you, the, you, you're, you're as, only as good as the area you're around. And so that's my lesson today. I'm super glad that Kerry was here for the live show for this because it would make sense um, and, and um, just reinforces that it is true. <laughs> and I'm not making this up, um, but it's great. Anyway, guys, have a wonderful day. I will see you tomorrow. Um, and yeah, see you later. Bye. You've been listening to the Mortgage Marketing Podcast with Ash Borland. If you've enjoyed the show, then be sure to leave a review and share it with a friend right now. 